When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to DM to GM. I'm your dungeon master from Dungeons and Dragons, Russ Moore. And I'm your GM from the end of time and other bothers, Sean Howard. And today we have a lovely question from Phoebe. Came to our email, dm to gmcast at gmail.com. Well, I want to I want to just say a little bit. It's not one question, Russ. No, it's it's a lot of questions, Sean. It's great. It's great. There's a lot here for us to dig into. We're going to we're going to start from the top and kind of work our way down in in a flowing manner, just kind of feeling the breeze and just seeing where like the wind takes. Like will phase. Yes, that's right. Yeah, we're we're transferring over to the Fey Wild here with Phoebe. Um first question, right out of the gate. How much plot to nail down before commencing the game? Oh. And I feel like we've discussed this a little bit before, but we'll obviously love to go over it again, uh, at least in some detail. And before we just answer that, I want to maybe I want to read what Phoebe wrote in a section here. Rusk, I think it might help give some nuance. So uh, Phoebe writes, it's my first time in the GM seat for something heftier than a zany little one shot. I have a loose framework for the story. I've got a BBEG big bad something, a few potential allies, and I have an opening quest for the players to meet up and level up a bit before things get hairy. I haven't totally figured out the climax or the ending. In terms of tabletop RPG, do you think the climax and the ending are the same thing? And I feel it also is asking the question, how much of this plot do I have to nail down before we start? Exactly. Um, so... It- the in terms of the climax and the ending, they aren't necessarily always the same thing. Um, nope. If you look at like if you look at like a regular story arc, the climax comes before the end of the story. As you get older, though, the climax and the ending do start to become the same thing. We're a, we're a, we're family friendly podcast, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> that was all innuendo. <laughs> Uh, that's good. Um, but it doesn't have to be is what I think a better right. better way of saying it is you can have this 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 massive confrontation with your big bad evil um, and then there's there's resolution or follow up after to kind of wrap up the stories if you want to keep that into a self-contained like you know story within yourselves. you can take them back to the the hobbit hole and um, you know see how the world has changed based on this battle the, or the, the events. Fey hole the Fey hole yeah. The Fey Hobbit hole. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think that often as as GM or DM starting, we build up all this pressure on ourselves. Um, now, Phoebe has run, says later, that they have run a uh, a one-shot. Think of this as a one-shot. Yeah. Right? Like, 
like I have played one shots that at the end of it, we're all like, that was fun. We're done. And I played one shots where at the end of it, everyone's like, I'm like, y'all want to keep going? And they're like, yeah, right. The whole table. And you just keep the story going. So you can have that story climax moment. And as Russ is saying, that could then be you do a denouement after like a wrap up and you're over or you wrap it up and and tease out a, a, what might be the next part of a story that you have no idea. Right. Because you don't have anything planned. Right. You're like you're like, oh, the, the queen is saved and everyone's partying and drinking. And then there's a knock at the door and an elf comes in an arrow through their chest and collapses and goes, help, help. And and you end it. Yep. And now everyone's like, oh, I can't wait to find out what happens next time. And you're you're going to be like, me too. Um, <laughs> That's the best part. That's the me too. I want to figure that out, right? Right. Um, yeah, there's lots of, way- lots of ways to look at that portion of the story. Like if you look at like, you know, Lord of the Rings trilogy, each one has a major climax, but just keeps going. It's a big, long running D&D game that just they just had another idea at the end of the first one. And it's like, OK, well, now we got to do two and then another one. OK, well, OK, well, we got to do three and then we're going to fade to white 800 times and people are going to fall asleep in the theater. Um, well, he did invent a language, so he had to get to the elf part. You know, it's true. Yeah. He had to yeah. he had to explain why there is this language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Um, so hopefully, did we answer that question? Perfect. Yeah, I think we did. I hope so. Yep. Phoebe, let us know. Um, but just take a deep breath. Um, think of a one shot. You're planning one session. If you have enough that you're like, I can run this session like a one shot, have fun. And then you can literally, things might go off the rails, but you can also literally decide, hey, that was fun, but I had some ideas come up and you can jot those down and for your planning of the next session. Totally. Session by session. Yeah. Anything your players do that's like, oh, that could be fun or they mention or look at or see or something, write that down and use it as fuel for your next adventure or one down the road anyways. My rule of thumb is every stupid thing your players do, write it down. Yeah. Because you can have later things happen. Now, I have a notebook that's overflowing because of my table. All they do is stupid things. Russ is the same. Yeah. But it's always food. It's always fodder. And it's way more fun if something happens later that's tied to something they did. Yeah. They're going to give you that look like you're not, oh, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> versus you just having something happen. Yeah. Um, giving, yeah, yeah. Giving them uh, onus uh, over the world and all of their decisions affect other things and ripple out, you know, the butterfly wings and something else yeah. happens on the other side of the world. That, that's so much fun to see their faces when they're like, oh, no, this bad thing that's happening. And they happening. know you're... They, they know you're doing it to them. It's like yeah. it's like the dark side of agency. Yeah. Right? It's like, you're like, oh, you remember when you did whatever? Wait till you see what's about to happen. Yeah. Right? Boom. Through um, the door comes that, that wronged lover that they had. Yeah. Uh, you killed a war chieftain that you didn't have to kill in your story. Like, they all just went into battle. Oh, you can have fun with that. Right? Yeah. Like, some poor kid somewhere doesn't have a father. Like, it's awful. But you can really build up this whole this whole arc of this evil character being created entirely because of a, a mistake the party ended, made and didn't know it. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Next part of Phoebe's uh, questions. How to play Faye NPCs? Again, there's a bit of a write-up here we'll go into. I don't know if you want to dive into this this little bit here, Sean, but um, crossing over into the Faye Wilds is always a fun thing because things never react or act the way you generally anticipate them in the real world. It's funny because... Uh, when Phoebe was writing their question, they they talk about um, they don't want players to feel like they're talking to a wall because the person is so unrelatable. So I think what Phoebe's saying is 
Um, they don't want to create an NPC that is so bizarre as to be unrelatable that it's like you're talking to a wall. But when I read it, I was like, my favorite thing in the world was when I played a fey wall in, in, in End of Time and Other Bothers. Like it was a talking, obnoxious wall yeah. that could walk and move around. Um, like I, I think the beauty of fey is, is that yes, wild magic and all these things are, um, behave in a way that's chaotic or unknowable but the human condition and and i think phoebe's asking the right question like how do you still make this relatable you give traits that to things in the fey world Mm -hmm. that are relatable and it makes it easier to play yeah as the gm and way more fun and the the first thing i do is i'm like okay i'm in a world where it's fey um and fey can transform into different things um what if everything is sentient might be a question I'm asking in the scenario. So, you know, they leave the path and the grass screams and becomes a bunch of, you know, bugs that fly away and transform into X fey creature that's angry. Yeah. Like, but, but you can give things personality. You can give them human traits. Um, uh, they can, they can have emotions. Uh, you want to endow them with all these things that are human and relatable and fun for you to play. Like a talking, obnoxious wall. Absolutely. Yeah, I like to, going into the Fae, I like to give them, like making, taking all of those little characteristics and quirks and amplifying them, but also making mundane magical. Yes. Yes. Because magic is normal for them. They live, they can, like Sean said, they can transform, they can call something at will, but a, a, a copper piece is something that they don't have. Right, like, and that's totally something that um, they're going to. Oh, 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 what is that? Oh, 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 oh. And and you play ice cream. What is ice cream? <laughs> and you play into that, right? Like you lean into all of the the normal boring things that they have on their stat sheet that otherwise they everybody just forgets about, and play into that. that. Right. Like that becomes all of your your conversation points and all of your <laughs> um, not all of your conversation, but all of your like no. your way to uh, move story forward and negotiate with all these weird and strange and different characters. I just loved it. I was so one. I have not done that. I am so going to steal that. I'm just picturing like the end of time crew standing in front of the Celine for the first time, the goddess of the Fae and the moon and this massive, like this massive hall and she's way up and dark and evil and to them. Yep. And I would just be <laughs> so them. awesome if she demanded the ultimate payment and they're all like, Oh no. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, your shoes, you know, or like uh, no fay have shoes could be the thing, yeah. right? Like, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, your stinky old shoes, but but be, but I liked it's that fish out of water kind of story, right? That fish out of water character that it doesn't have to be the same for every single one, um, because there are there is crossing back and forth between the fay wild and and the material plane, um, and some of these fay probably aren't as enthused by that. But you can play into it with a, definitely a few characters that they run into, and that'll just it's just a lot of fun to step into that, being like making most weird and out there characters and what they're what they're trying to get out of these people that just stumbled into their yard. Yeah, and the the way I find that's the one of the easiest ways to make a bizarre character, like something that you want to feel so alien, like a fae or 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 an actual alien, is to um, take something mundane in the other direction from our world, and and then say, 
what if it was sentient and and had feelings and wanted things in life? And then the fun thing is literally just to let your imagination go wild and say, what if I was a, a tree that walks, like an ant or what? What if I was a tree that could move and walk and and pay for things and like I wouldn't I wouldn't burn like my whole world would probably be no fire. Yeah. Right? No electricity, no fire. So like you could start to have really fun building up this whole world of these creatures. I'm just picking tree. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's more ant than well, they, sort of thing. They fake. come into a forest, right? They need to make camp. They yeah. set a flint and now this ant is like no, don't Boom. do that. Come on. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and like what would a and then you start to think about what would what would be a good day for a tree? It would be like when the sun is shining and the birds and people are sitting in its limbs. Like it loves, like you could just, you just can have fun with um, what would it be like? As And and so you're just taking one thing and saying, what would the world be like for them? Yeah. Um, and so uh, global warming mm-hmm. might be their big thing they're worried about, right? Because they're trees. We should also probably yeah, be probably. worried about that. Yeah. But, you know, um, uh, but you know, if, you if can you're really looking have to fun, make it just... political, just bring that bring that in there. And so uh, <laughs> they also might want to travel, but they can't travel long distance because of their root system, right? So you can have this whole thing where they're they're envious that, that humans get to walk and all they ever wanted was to see a certain village. You can make this really touching moment, um, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, assuming they don't kill your party because they try to start a fire. Yeah, well, may, may, we'll assume that that was resolved without bloodshed. Um, and well, clearly we're not talking about your party. No, no. <laughs> this is the dream party, Sean. This is the dream party in the Feywild. Uh, uh, oh, darkest so timeline Feywild. That. That'd be fun. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So yeah. The, the key is make make it relatable. Have fun with it. You should have fun and try and pick one or two quirks and just have fun. Yeah, definitely don't try and throw everything at them out of the gate. Like, yeah, one or two yeah. for your first session, then build on that for the next session with the next things or people that they meet. Right. Like, um, yeah. yeah, make it easy on yourself. Uh, but yeah, just blow things out of proportion. Yeah, I once early on tried to create a character that spoke a language that no one understood. I think now I could try doing it, but it was a bit of a disaster when I was much younger, right? Because it was just like I had all these things prepared and right. like cryptics and things to hand out, and no one in the party could figure it out the cryptic code. Yeah, like it just became this Too like much of a puzzle. Just yeah. staring at each other. That's right. Right. Like just staring. Right. And like trying to mime. It became a game of charades and um. Which is not my favorite game. That's funny, yeah, because we just we just did a, something similar in a game. But yeah, fi- sorry, finish your your thought. Yeah, we'll go. So I yeah. think now I would do it differently, but I wouldn't start there. I right? trying to trying to create a, something that's alien mm-hmm. and behaves alien in a way that's that's harder. Yeah, um, it's much easier to make something more relatable. Yeah, we just uh, we just played a game of Offworlders, and one of the characters that they had met, we we established that they had backstory with this character, but immediately when they came out. I started just grunting and giving them vocalizations in this other language and they're, and yep. they just all looked at me like, what, what are you doing? Yeah. I just started grunting and like shaking my fists and giving them like conversation, but in this other language. And then Tom hopped in right away. He was like, oh yeah, we've got the, right. the money and it's coming and we've got yeah. it. Right. And then we were able to force a conversation, but you got to 
you got to know your players and if they're willing to jump in on something like that. A hundred percent. Same, same. So it's not just you as GM, it's a table, yeah. right? So anytime another bothers, uh, Darcy transforms into an animal and does not speak. She chose to not be able to speak when, when she's an animal form. That's when she wants to take a little break from the game, right? <laughs> table? Just... It, there's a horrible word. It's called pimping in improv, but we're trying to change it to endowing. The table just goes crazy endowing her. Like Egerton constantly just, she'll be like, like she's she's very expressive in her grunts. Like there's enemy coming. I keep saying the enemy you can see is getting closer. And she's like, mm-hmm. and Egerton will be like, no, I, I don't think we should have had eggs for breakfast. You're right. You know, like they'll just, <laughs> yep. they're just playing for fun yep. and comedy against her. But yeah, it takes, you're right. It's not just the GM being comfortable. I think it takes that, Knowing that the table is going to work with you, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, to have fun with this thing you're setting up, right? Which is you can't communicate. If you've got someone to kind of bridge that gap and and start that conversation or that with that character, um, just know that because you can't actually vocalize what you're trying to make the character to say, that this, the conversation is going to take another turn um, because they're going to insert what they want their character to say right and then you can turn yeah. it it's like oh yeah well we wanted to make this much money and you nod or shake or whatever and then you hand them the bag and now it's completely different right you just mess with them entirely yes. along the way um and that's what's fun about alien languages and all that sort of stuff <laughs> and an advanced tip if you're gonna play with that kind of thing there's there the key to endowments like russ is now just explaining and we're talking about is accepting yeah so as the DM or GM, you are no longer in control of the world when you start playing that game. It all falls apart if you go, if you're like, um, well, no, 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 that's not what's in the bag. Yeah. Um, no, you're, you got it wrong. Yeah. Like, that's not what they're saying. Because you have this whole story planned, right? It only works if you accept the endowment yeah. and you go with it. That's right. You're like, mm, you hand them the bag, yeah. right? You're like, you know, like, it's now that. They think whatever. there's 5,000 or- imperial credits in there, but really it's 5,000 Glockarkian rupees, which is worth 10 credits. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like you have to, you have to accept endowments, which is hard. Um. It's it's an advanced thing with your, with your table. So I think we're at a full episode there, Russ. Like, yeah. I, I, there's more. There's more that Phoebe has raised that we want to get into, but maybe we'll cover that next. Absolutely, week or two weeks or I don't even know how often the show. Every comes every, out, every two weeks, Sean. Uh, yeah. yeah, you can see who's doing all the post. And I never say like, every, Russ is an amazing superstar. He does all the post production, the publishing. The tweeting of it, and then I'm like, "Oh, I should retweet." Um, Sean sh- Sean you, shows up and is like, "We did that episode." <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually in my pajamas right now, and I got my coffee, and I'm like, I'm coming, all right? Yeah, jeez, God, fine. All right, thank you, Phoebe. Uh, we will answer. You've got more questions. We'll answer them in the next episode. Uh, if you have questions for us, send them to us, dm to gmcast at gmail.com. You can join us on Facebook and Twitter and in our Discord. The links are down in the description. Uh, and in the meantime, we hope you get your game started, all right? Have fun in the Feywild. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Are you there? I think I'm getting something. Why are you recording? For science. Did you hear that? We're a little off schedule. Maybe it's the aliens. I'm studying electromagnetic phenomena and anomalies. (sighs) 
I don't think losing people is scary. I just don't want to do it anymore. Just together with me. Radio check. Who's this? I didn't do it. You never do anything. We should still be secure. Are you safe? The walkies again. Who are you? Comfort. I am not doing it on purpose. You can't bullshit. I am not doing it on purpose. Stop. Stop. Oh, God. I don't like this. I don't like this. What the hell was that? I'm not supposed to know that. We're supposed to be innocent. I feel an ending coming. Oracle, a sci-fi anthology podcast set in the not-so-distant future. Season 2, Transmission, available in bi-monthly episode releases starting July 1st, 2023. Or listen now to Season 1, Iris, wherever you get your podcasts.